Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. Happy New Year! I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have a Jer. Hello. I'm Alex. Hey! And a Ben. Hello, yes, I am Wheeler. <laughs> a reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support at the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. All right, let's start it off with the best card you're not playing. The first card of the new year up today is me. And I want to talk about a little piece of secret spicy tech that I play. I know some people know this one, but I want to argue about why it's great in Highlander. That card is Bajuka Bog. Uh, Bog is a land, surprising absolutely nobody. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. You can tap it to add a black, but important line of text, when it enters the battlefield, exile all cards in target player's graveyard. I like this card a lot, and this is going to surprise people, in lands. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> what? So, uh, I like it specifically when you can use it as a trick. When you have an instant speed ability to either get a lot of land tutors or to surprise your opponent. So your opponent goes to cast Reanimator, and you can crop rotation in response, put Bajookabog into play. And just try just try and get him. A, a lot of people might just roll Bajookabog anyways in, in a black deck. And just kind of no value, play it, I guess, clear out your graveyard. But if you have I mean, that ability to use it as a trick. That's really, like, I think it's best in lands, but it's not even bad in other decks because... Like, People play these cards that have a mechanic called Delve on it. I hear it's kind of strong. Snapcaster, something like that. Oh. It's also a really great Knight of the Reliquary Toolbox edition. Yes. Woof. Because it also gives you the instant speed edition. Uh, you can get just get it for value on end step because you want to be activating your Knight every turn anyways. So mm -hmm. having having like a, a larger collection of Knight Toolbox cards is always useful. Yeah, I think it's I think it's underplayed. Uh, and especially when, we, we talk about this all the time too, really trying to cut down the amount of utility lands you play. Uh, this is probably a great meta call. I mean, I, you often talk about cards like Krakus and Mazevith and, and Wasteland being very, very powerful. And I would argue that Bajookabog, especially meta dependent, might be one of those toolbox lands you play in if you have to answer something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any, any, anybody else have any strong feelings about this card? anybody ever uh, Teleria Wested for this? Probably? Probably. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've still been scrying for it as well. That's the thing, if you're if you're Hot. against a certain matchup, <laughs> you know, your opponent just buried alive and passed and then looked you in the eye and you're like, do you have it? You're like, uh, yes? <laughs> get him. Just get him. Yeah, they're like, I wasn't, I didn't play around the Bajooka Bog. No one never does. All right, let us talk about today's theme. So, in late December, uh, there was a very special magic event, a little something-something called GP Vancouver. Uh, and all four of us were in attendance there, and something absolutely amazing, there was a sanctioned Canadian Highlander event. Uh, and according to head judge Trevor, there were 59 players. Uh, which was fantastic, because... Um, this is sanctioned, which means no gold borders, no proxies, you have to have all the cards you're doing there, which makes the barrier to entry a lot higher. Also, GP Vancouver was sandwiched uh, between Christmas and New Year's and was in Canada, uh, which meant, you know, compared to, say, a larger uh, American GP at a more open weekend, uh, attendance may not have been as big as it could be. So the fact that 59 people were still there was absolutely incredible, mm -hmm. and we had people from all over the world, which is really cool. New Zealand. Uh, we had somebody travel as far as New Zealand come to hang out. And um, a little bit of shameless self-promotion, the Mothership, the official magic website, 
uh, even did a little write-up about the article, and there was a handsome photo about uh, uh, of the four of us, and it featured Jer predominantly, which was fantastic, and we're glad yeah. to hear that. So today's episode, we're going to talk about our GP experience and sort of the decks we played, uh, the the people we got to play against, and and maybe a couple little magic stories. So let's start off with Jer. Jer, what did you play? So I brought two decks to the GP, and I was going to make a, a game time decision yeah. on uh, what to play. I brought uh, High Tide, which is what I ended up playing, and I brought another deck that I ended up loaning to a friend. I may uh, have been that friend. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so the reason I brought High Tide is because I thought it would be really good in an unknown meta. You always, In an unknown meta, sure. it's typically better to be proactive because it's tough to guess what you're going to need to be reactive against, so I decided on being more proactive. And I also thought that a lot of the people who who knew me from the podcast of my first couple turns of like islands, counter spells, and draw They're spells like he's on Seinfeld. might put me on Seinfeld. <laughs> and it actually happened twice. Really? That my first two opponents both assumed I was on Seinfeld and then died on turn five. Oops. <laughs> when I cast High Tide, they were like, oh. And then they're like, yeah, I'm dead. What was your record? I went 3-0. These. All right. That's not bad. Well... So it's high tide, uh, and and it's a combo deck, and you know you'd imagine um, tutors and certain things would would perform very well. But what do you think was an outstanding card that I don't know? Maybe maybe a lot of people wouldn't think of, or that really overperformed at this event. So I had I had two sort of exceptional cards in this tournament okay. that weren't like the obvious of like high tide demonic tutor. Uh, <laughs> the first one was Engulf the Shores, which is a four mana instant, three and a blue. Uh, return all creatures to their owner's hands with toughness less than the number of islands you control. <laughs> less than or equal to. Right, less than or equal to, that's right. Uh, so this is a super powerful card against the aggressive decks. Yep. And it also lets you rebuy a bunch of your... Almost all your creatures have ETB ability, except for Baral, basically. <clears throat> so it lets you reuse Snapcaster, reuse your untapped creatures like Cloud of Fairies, Peregrine Drake, uh, Palancron. Uh, so it has some use on the combo turn, even if you're not against an aggressive Wait, deck. You, you have enough oh. islands in play to bounce your 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 uh, your own palindrome. It only has seven toughness. Uh, five toughness. Five toughness. Right. Oh, it's, a four, okay. it's a four five. Great whales got seven. That's that's <laughs> the one I was thinking of. Uh, and the other card that super overperformed for me was Sentinel Tower, which is a card I've been super high on in High Tide ever since it got printed in Battle Bond. It's a four mana artifact. Uh, whenever a player any player casts a spell on your turn, it deals damage to any target equal to one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells cast before the, that spell this turn. So, and so, sorry, it's only read this instant again. or sorcery spell. Whenever an instant or sorcery is cast during your turn, it deal one damage to any target equal to one plus the number of... Okay, so this is your win con? This is your counter spell defense? Yeah, Alex. One, two, three, four, five... Yeah, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're done. So it's it's a way to win without tendrils, which is really important for the deck because sometimes mm. you get choked off of black mana because uh, you're you don't play any swamps. You only play uh, the four blue black duels that have the the island swamp types. Um, and so having ways to win with colors colorless cards is really important. And this card, along with Aether, Aether Flux Reservoir, yeah, I was gonna say, are, yeah. are both really really vital. Uh, to the deck because it gives you a, a colorless way to win without infinite mana. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Are uh, you, when you play this over, you play them both. I, this may, immediately made me think of Aether Flux Discards their Flux Reservoir. Because it helps you control the board while you're doing it. So it's a way to get, get hate bears off the board. You sure. cast a spell, you kill their Thalia. You yeah. cast a spell, you kill their Aether Mind Hunter. Can you explain Reservoir really quickly as well? Uh, yeah, Reservoir is also a four mana artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn, not just instants and sorceries. This is any spell. And you, it has an activated ability of pay 50 life, Aether Flux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. Uh, so this D- also... Target creature! Yeah, just... I don't know. I, I've, <clears throat> sometimes you have to do it. They have creatures that give them hexproof. I've had to I've had to go up to 100, <laughs> kill their Shalai, then kill them. Just, like, spirit bomb this Shalai. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Overkill. Amazing. You gotta do what you gotta do. Sentinel Tower is pretty hilarious in that I I played High Tide. um, I used to play High Tide a lot back in the day. um, And I picked it up about a month ago. I just wanted to jam with it. And I I remember having games where I'm not doing anything, I'm just casting Opt, and then I'm casting like Supreme Will. And just wrathing their board every single turn, huh. and you just you kind of turn into this Seinfeld where your opponent scoops because they're so tilted, because you're just like, all right, blow that up, blow that up. I'll ping you for three. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just keep doing that at nauseum. Does this card maybe have a place in like non-high tide decks? After playing it, I th- I think maybe uh, I actually won a game. The only game I can think of without ever having cast high tide in the game. I technically cast High Tide as the last spell to get the last trigger. <laughs> but the I, last but spell. I, but was I, that at GP Vancouver? Or just yeah, it was really? in the tournament. I actually, I actually could have cast a different <laughs> spell to have the the first High Tide list victory I can think of. When you say this card, you're referring to Sentinel Tower, yeah. not Aetherflux Reservoir. Sen- Sentinel Tower. This is for yeah. our audio only listeners. Yeah, good call. Uh, Thank you, Beach. So, yeah, I was I was super impressed with with Sentinel Tower. Uh, it was super super great for me all weekend. I want to talk about this card a little bit more. What other deck would you put this in? Uh, any kind of spell, like, control deck. Are like, you thinking, like, blue-red kind of spells, or would you put it in blue-white control? I wouldn't put it in blue-white control. Okay. Uh, I'd play this in Heartbeat. Yeah. Mm. I could definitely see playing it in, in Heartbeat. I think you could... Uh, any any deck that plays draw sevens, you could potentially put it in that has has, like, more than... 30, 35 spells. You could hmm. you could play it. Like hmm. you could potentially play this in Storm. I don't think it's that ridiculous. I wonder if this would be any good in like big Boros or something. Mm. Big Boros, you're typically only playing one or two spells. I was gonna say you, you mm. really I don't I don't see playing it outside of a blue deck because the the real power yeah, comes from being able to just string cantrips Cantor. together. Yeah. So like Yogmoth will in this card are best friends. Draw oh. sevens in this card are best friends. Like I don't imagine, I don't imagine casting wildfire and doing one additional damage. <laughs> right? Like, wildfire too. Gotta kill that X five. Yeah. <laughs> Get him. But uh, any any outstanding stories you want to talk about from the GP? Any people you met that were super exciting? Yeah, I I got to play against. I'm gonna shout out. I I asked him for permission. So Joe from from New Zealand. Nice. Uh, was super awesome. Uh, and I got to play against uh, TJ from who does a bunch of yeah from bunch Peak of Fortress. Coverage. I got to hang out with him all weekend, and that was that was super awesome. It was sort of the first weekend we got to hang out a bunch and jam some Canlanders. So that was that was super fun. Cool. It was the first GP I've been to where I haven't been either judging or playing the main event. So it was by far the least stressful GP weekend for me ever. So that was 
just hang out and jam some games. Yeah, super, super, super <laughs> Whoa, awesome. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> that's yeah, TJ. That's, yeah. that's, that's TJ. All right. I like how Beach puts out the pictures. Like, wait, that's the right person, right? Man, they're getting, <laughs> they're getting, they, did they bring back invitational? Cards? I wasn't. That was my joke. Ah, <laughs> amazing. Too quick on the draw, are yeah. we? It's like I know they're go pushing textless, but anyway. All right, I want to talk about my Highlander experience. So uh, before the event started, maybe I don't know, fifteen minutes before it's supposed to go, <laughs> I walk up. I walk up to Jer and I'm like, I need to borrow a green mox, because I didn't have one for my deck. And Jarrah said, okay, I have a green mox, but it's in this deck. And instead of just borrowing the mox, why don't you look through this deck? And it ended up being this impossibly spicy uh, green-red Turboland deck. And I was like, 10 cards in, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm like 20 <laughs> cards in, I'm like, oh. Uh oh, and about thirty cards in. Oops. At about thirty cards in, I'm like, I'm just playing this deck. Yeah. Uh, it was it was absolutely fantastic, and I also went three and zero with it. Uh, and and I'll ask myself the same questions: Were there any outstanding card surge? Well, um, I would actually like to say there was no one card that I think outperformed. I think the thing that made me really happy was in the six games that I won. I had a different win con every time. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm a, I'm a mid-range card and I'm a mid-range deck and I won with like a different threat each time. Uniquely different win cons each time. Uh, I won a game by escape shifting into Valakut. Pretty classic. I thought that was really cool. I won a game by having Titania in play. So Titania is a five mana legendary Pro friend. Protector of Argos. Uh, Protector of Argoth, yeah. Uh, five mana, five, three, legendary elemental for three green green. When Titania enters the battlefield, return a land from the graveyard to the battlefield. Whenever a land you control is put into the graveyard, you get a 5-3 elemental token. This card's pretty good with Zurin Orb. This card is like one of the best cards in the format, yeah. I think. So funny that, funny that Alex should mention that. I had another artifact in play, <laughs> a zero mana artifact called uh, Zurin Orb. Uh, that just has a line of text that says, Sacrifice a land, gain two life. So I was up against Huff. Hmm. Uh, we are doing a little bit of math back and forth. Uh, there was this attack where they are coming at me, uh, and then I was just like, go to one, and they're like, okay, I'm like, sacrifice all my lands, crack for 35? <laughs> Get them. Yeah, and they're like, oh. Oh no. Uh, and, uh, alright, that's uh, win con number two. Win con number three, uh, I was playing against the same hoof player. Uh, and this is probably one of my favorite stories from the from the GP. Uh, so it's a younger player, and their older brother is standing behind them. <laughs> uh, and I've had a thespian stage in play for like, I don't know, seven or eight turns at this play. So thespian stage is a land uh, that says, uh, the only relevant text here is, pay two and tap. Thespian stage becomes a copy of target land. A lot of people assume that it has to target one of your own lands, but it's target any land. Uh -oh. And so my opponent, who's playing Hoof, also has Thespian Stage Dark Depths combo in their deck, and they're just not thinking. They play Dark Depths. And the best part about this is the older brother who's standing behind him is just like... <laughs> he can see the yeah, depth coming. Yeah, 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 and, and, and does a very good job of trying not to communicate anything, because you can't do outside interference, but but older brother was not pleased. <laughs> and, 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 and I try and just like... I don't. I I have been accused of not having a poker face, but they play it. I'm just like, okay. And then they pass their turn and like end step. I'm just like, 
copy your dark depths, and they're like, no! And then, of course, Merit Lodge is like, oh, hey! And, and uh, that was my win con that that's game. might actually be the, like, not to cut you off, but that's going to be a perfect segue into what my experience was. You want to you wanna jump there? Sure. Sure. Um, I can't beat Merit Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I brought uh, Black Mold to yeah. the table. Um, which is a deck I'm very fond of, as you've probably heard. Yeah, of. yeah, low to the ground, aggro, um, get him. It's just like Golgari aggro. It's like a sort of an extension of the old sort of uh, mono black aggro, like Zui Black, um, but with a little sprinkling of green to g increase the, the creature quality and give it some outs against things that black normally is not able to interact with at all, i.e. like artifacts, enchantments, stuff like that. Um, what about 2020 indestructible creatures? Can't do it. <laughs> Uh, I went one and two. Um, round one, I was against Hoof, and I just can't beat Marlowe. Mm. Uh, although, I think I gave them a run for, for their money. You were super close in game three. Yeah, it was uh, like, you know, I died with my teeth in their neck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, like, Hoof is a bad matchup for me. Sometimes, you know, you bring a deck that I think is quite good, um, and you you lose to the, the matchups. And I think that was kind of my experience for games one and two. Like, I went against Hoof, and then I went against uh, the um, sort of green-white infinite mana deck, which is a little bit like Hoof. Green-white green infinite mana deck. The, oh, the devoted like the, Yeah, really? yeah, devoted Vizier. Oh, Celes like the, okay, yeah, Selesnya yeah, yeah. creature com combo. <coughs> creature combo. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that one may have killed me with uh, Martlash as well. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I can't deal with that card. You got Krakus uh, in your deck? I don't. Well, you want know, to splash Krakus in your green-black deck? I mean... You can play crop rotation, too. Find it. We're just talking about this. Grab yourself a Bajuga Get yourself a Bajuga <laughs> Come, stay a while. Find a land. Find a land. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like this deck, and I think it's just going to continue improving as they print little low-to-the-ground cards. Uh, Overperformers. Yeah. So I've... Um, I've been tinkering with a bunch of sub-themes in the deck uh, to just sort of try things out. I've had a zombie sub-theme, which is all right. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's not enough to, to make it a tribal deck, but it's just a couple of cards that care about, you know, zombies existing in the deck, you know. Uh, you have stuff like Gravecrawler, yeah, Grave which Crawler's you can cast from the example. bin. You know, yeah. that's not bad. It's like you'd play it anyway, and then it just gets better. Well, I've always zombies. thought about your deck as having a lot of... Um, not the word recursive. Stubborn. Uh, just like you can recover from being wrathed very easily. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be, you can build back your board, your build back your board. Yeah. Uh, from a lot of effects like that, right? Um. So one of the th the sub themes that I started adding recently, um, and it's sometimes difficult to want to try something because it's it seems cute, and then you try it out and you're like, oh, this is actually not so bad. Um. Green and black happen to have a lot of cards that care about uh, plus one plus one counters on your creatures. Um, so there's cards like Avatar of the Resolute, yep. which is again you would play it anyways. It's a three two with Reach and Trample. Yeah, that card's good. Uh, and, and upside. And upside. Um, if you know it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other creature you control. Scavenge news. What's yeah. the what's the green black zombie like a two one with trample? Lotless troll. Lotless troll. troll. We'll, we'll get to him. Um, <laughs> so there's a bunch of other ones. I added a couple of like kind of niche ones that are arguably questionable, like um, Scargan Pit Sulk. Ah, it's got two power. It costs one mana. It's it's, it's not a block. It's a green for a one one. Eight. 
Mm -hmm. uh, creatures with power less than it can't block it, mm -hmm. um, and it's got Bloodthirst 1. So if your opponent was dealt damage, it enters with plus 1, plus 1 counter. Yeah, so all right, all right. The card that overperformed in the deck was one that I sandbagged on for a very long time. Uh, straight from old standard, it's uh, Winding Constrictor. Oh, baby. So, what does that do? Just for those who may green, not be Green, black, snake. It's a 2 3. <laughs> if one or more counters would be placed on an artifact or creature you control, that many of those counters plus one are placed on that permanent instead. Very nice. If you would get one or more counters, you get that many of those counters plus one instead. Seems bad against Infect. It's very bad against <laughs> But no, nobody plays Infect, so who cares? Arlo just sheds one tear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it burns a hole in the table. So, the the floor for this card is not as bad as I thought it was. Okay. Because it turns out, weirdly, Black Mold has access to, like, more 2-3 creatures or 2 than I thought. And hmm. 3 toughness is not so bad. I mean, if you're staring at... Especially some, for 2 mana. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're staring across the table at, like, pikers, you're just like, come on in. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so this card is fine on its own in a vacuum. And with a bunch of the cards in that I'm playing anyway, is insane. Mm. Like, let me paint you a picture oh, of please. a play that I, I... This may have been before the tournament, but I had Winding Constrictor, mm -hmm. Lotleth Troll, which is the 2-1 for black-green, regenerates for a black. You can pitch a creature card to it to put a plus one, plus one counter on it. also has Trample! Oh yeah! It's Why like, does it have Trample? I don't know. Maybe so, for this reason. <laughs> my boy Lotleth Troll picks up a GTA. And uh, I crack in and get to say the phrase, put three counters on GTA. Because Winding Constrictor says artifact. Yeah. Or creature. You can be like, discard a creature card, put two counters I on my I pitched two creature troll. cards and like gave a Trample plus four, plus four. Oh, baby. Put three counters on my GTA. That's a lot of damage. That was powerful magic. So, Snake puts more counters on GTA? It does. I've been trying to find other things. It puts more counters on... Um, Holy moly. Aetherfile, but that's maybe not quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> that's getting a little too deep. Yeah, I thought about Tanglewire, and that's also like, and eh, mm. maybe not what you want to be doing. Okay, but now let's hold on. Tangle wire. Yeah. Go on. You think so? Well, well, it's not good, but it's kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah. Tangle wire is um, three mana. Yeah. Artifact. It enters with four fading. Counters? Fading counters. But it yeah. could be it could be five fading counters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a weird card that looks like poop when you glance at it, but then you realize the way fading works. It's um, symmetrical. No, it isn't. It's symmetrical. It's not symmetrical. symmetrical. So it enters with four fading counters. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, remove a fade counter from it if you can't sacrifice it. This is dissimilar from vanishing, which is the same mechanic, but when you remove when you the last, the last one. It. So, anyways, um, at the beginning of, of each player's upkeep, that player taps an untapped artifact, creature, or land he or she controls for each fade counter on Tanglewire. So, what you do is you slap this down, it's got four counters. Past your opponent, they, they have to tap, tap their four board. things. Yeah. <clears throat> Comes back to you, you stack the triggers, you take a counter off. One of the permanents you tap is Tangle Wire. Yeah. You tap two permanents. Yeah. So Let's... four, two, three, one, 
to nothing. Now let's just say one of the permanents you might tap is like a skull clamp or a G. Or your G tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got equipment. Yeah, this a batter skull. This card was uh, fair and symmetrical for like a decade plus. Yeah. And they printed equipment. Yep. So, anyways, um, yeah, like uh, Winding Constrictor has wound its way into my heart. I see what you did there. Because <laughs> it's a snake. It's very good. That's super cool. Um, there's That's super cool. notable other cards that I am hoping to uh, utilize with it in play include um, Nissa, uh, Voice of Zendikar. Oh. Her minus two That's, is put a plus one plus one counter on each creature. It's the classic standard play. Yeah, so you know, put two on each. That's 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 certainly buffing your board. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, Drana. Um, yeah, Drana. What's her Liberator of Liberator Malakir. Liberator of Malakir, who uh, one black, black, two, three, flying first strike. Whenever she deals combat damage to a player, put <laughs> a plus one plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. So you got you got a pretty spicy little something so there. So put two on each. What, do you think this is better? Than, I mean, it's tough because it's only the one card that really. Would you play hardened scales? No. If you're trying to... Absolutely not. If you're trying to, I, like, lean into this I theme, thought about it. Yeah. Uh, Hardened Scales doesn't do anything uh, on its own. Yeah. Um, the reason Winding Constrictor is better is because, like, if you never draw a, pl like, a cares about plus one plus one counter um, spell the rest of the game, yeah. you have a 2-3. For two. Just For call two. an Elvish Warrior. Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah. Well, that's like Pithing Needle versus uh, Phyrexian Revoker in the right deck, right? Exactly. You can get the same effect. Sometimes exactly. you don't need to. Sometimes you have to make sure that it, it is, works yeah, with your this strategy. This is one of those situations where the, the floor of this card is sufficient that it's worth playing. Still carries a G-Tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, cracks in. Lives through Pyroclasm. Oh, I, okay, so, sorry. <laughs> one more thing. Please. Um, three Toughness was relevant in a game <coughs> where my opponent goes uh, Elish Norn. I have two oh. creatures that are two threes. They become zero ones. I'm like, untap, like, Doomblade, crack in. Woo! I'm just like, I can take it. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Little differences of like one, one or two points of toughness are sometimes very important. So We, we talk a lot about how Especially when new cards get printed, like how does it pass a bolt test? Sure. Um, but I think <laughs> it also gets forgotten. I didn't forgotten. pass the bolt test. Yeah, the Elish Norn test? test? Well, no, not the Elish <laughs> Norn, but like the decks only have so many lightning bolts. And a lot of the other red decks, like maybe blue based or multicolored um, red decks, don't dip into shocks, but they certainly have arc trails and fork bolts. Yeah. Electrolyze. Col yeah, Electrolyze, Colgan's Command. All these, um, all these things that do two just damage. Just a series Fires. of red instants or sorceries that only deal two damage um, to one of the targets. You know, a lot of them will divide their targets, but if they're ch they can't electrolyze a two three. I mean, they can, but yeah. I mean, it's like if you have a board with you know a two three and something else, and they they're holding onto a fork bolt, they start sweating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, this isn't good at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, so I'm gonna pass it over to Ben. Ben, what did you play? Oh, Granny Wheeler cooked up a couple of omelets for guests at Grand Prix Vancouver. Uh -huh. uh, I brought need you to explain. That. All right. Um, so the two options that I was going to bring uh, after reaching out to Twitter to figure out what I should bring, mm -hmm. uh, it was either Muscle Wizards or eggs. 
And of course, I said no to muscle wizards and instead brought eggs. So um, Jer and Ben wanted people to watch them play magic. All right, I see. Eggs is, hey, and as, you, as I will tell, eggs is a surprisingly interactive combo deck. What was your, uh, what was your record? The, the changes. I went 2 1. Okay. Um, I lost to a fellow Victoria player playing uh, Pattern Rector. Oh, baby. Um, Sandy and, B. Sandy B. And one, I think one of the reasons why I lost is because I made changes to my deck to have more of a, um, I don't want to say a controlling element, but to have more interactive. A, well, to be grindier, oh, okay. basically. I didn't expect as many blue decks to show up. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, kind of grind people out through either engineered explosives. Um, for those not familiar, it's an artifact that costs X and has sunburst. <laughs> so for each color of mana used to um, cast this, comes with that many counters. You pay two, sacrifice it, and destroy each non-land permanent with CMC equal to that. Uh, and all the permanents I have are just dumb eggs. Like, they don't do anything. They, they just sit around. I don't mind when they die for a lot of time. Uh, and looping this card with Academy Ruins feels pretty good. Judge? Uh, yes? If you cast this for zero into a winding constrictor, what happens? Oh, well, it would enter with zero... Plus I, one? I believe so. We have three judges here. What's winding? I'd have to read winding. I, read I wouldn't winding play this in my deck, but now I'm just curious. Not, I, I'm, right. well, I'm pulling it says my phone on stream if a, now. If a permanent would enter the battlefield with counters, it instead enters with an additional counter, but this yeah. isn't entering the battlefield with a counter. Colorless mana won't... Sorry. Colorless mana won't give engineered explosives another charge counter. Colorless is not a color. Yes. Right, a token, but... A token has a converted <clears throat> mana cost of zero unless it's copying something else. Mm -hmm. it, there's nothing else in the notes and rules that I see. I would rule no, because yeah. Winding Constrictor says if one or more characters ah, one are placed okay. on it, this so is actually with zero. Yeah, we, we just need to figure out what the snake said yeah. again after staring at it for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, <laughs> so cards like Engineered Explosives, um, the aforementioned Academy Runes. Uh, I did some pretty funny loops with Academy Runes. My deck has a lot of different ways to tutor out artifacts, or sorry, lands yep. and artifacts. Um, what, and which one are you playing, just for uh, curiosity's sake? Which so crop rotation, Sylvan scrying, any other land tutors? Uh, expedition map. Yeah. Um, w works I, well with Academy rooms. Yeah, Talaria West. Talaria West is one. Were you playing? Um, what's the what's the the um, Bant and X Wargate? Were you playing? Is this a Wargate deck? Oh, it's a Wargate deck. Heck yeah. <clears throat> Wargate's great. Costs three. Finds Academy or Black Lotus. What more, <laughs> you, what more, what more do you want from life? Um, I mean, I got to do some fun shenanigans with Academy Runes, like lo like looping Necrogen Spell Bomb and making my opponent just discard the only card in their hand every draw step. That felt pretty good. Fun. <laughs> I haven't gotten to do that for a long time. Powerful magic. Um, <laughs> I added Mind Slaver back to the deck. Okay. Which has been on the bench for at least three years. That seems surprising. Uh, it's going to go back to the bench. Can you, really? Yeah. Can you explain the Mind Slaver lock? It's uh, been a while. I don't know if a lot of sure. people are familiar so with Mind it. Sure. So Mind Slaver is a legendary artifact that costs six mana. It has pay four, tap, sacrifice Mind Slaver. You control a target player uh, during their next turn. So you control their turn. You make all the decisions for them. You can't concede on their behalf, but once you get the loop in motion, they will, I mean, they should probably concede. Um, so you need to... Well, you to... also get infinite turns. Well, hold on. Well, Explain how we set that up. Yeah. So basically, you play Mind Slaver, 
you sacrifice Mind Slaver, you take their next turn, and somewhere along the line, you have to activate Academy Runes to put it back on top. So each loop, I'm going to be drawing a uh, Mind Slaver for my turn, so I'm not decking myself. But my opponent, whose turn I'm going to control, is going to continue to draw through their deck. And make some really bad plays. Yes, oh, you need, yeah. You need 13 mana, one of which is blue. Thirteen. I make 13 mana <laughs> what, before I make my coffee in the morning. You get up, tap a Tolarian Academy, and five minutes later, boom, you got 13 mana. Um, so I added cards like this to kind of grind out, and I got out-comboed. Huh. Um, Just... Other decks were faster? No, well, I I found myself trying to um, draw through my deck, not infinitely, mind you. Um, I had a set number of draws. It was 13, and I drew cards like Engineered Explosives that wouldn't exactly do much against a Pattern Rector opponent that's about to kill me if mm. I let them untap. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> I fought another, a younger Academy player... Oh. Who, um, <laughs> we sat down. I asked, "How's your How's your round going?" I mean, I know we both lost the first round, and he, he said, "Oh, I mulligan a bunch, and you know, I didn't really get to play much magic, and I hope you'll let me play some magic this round." And oh, <laughs> you sweet summer child! Uh, I did some wacky things there. And then in round three, I fought an <laughs> Esper control opponent, and I kept a zero land hand. Got there. What, um, what were three of the cards in your zero land Oh, hand? they're not that important. Just Black Lotus, Lion's Eye Diamond, Lotus Petal. There may have been some other gas in there. Mm -hmm. uh, My name's so, Ben, and I keep zero land hands. With seven mana. <laughs> wow, it's like he's really here in the room. <laughs> Two Bens? Um, I'm seeing so... <laughs> So, all quite good cards. Uh -huh. uh, it was a little awkward <laughs> being on the play. I scried a land to the top, so it wasn't all that bad. But I just said, It wasn't right. even a seven? Huh, no, this was a uh, second six. But you don't ship that. You got Lotus. You got Petal. You got LED. What more do you want? Gas? Oh, I got gas. Okay. Um, yeah, no. And so I, I just kept my six. I'm like, go. They're like, huh? I'm like, go. It's like, <laughs> like, oh. okay. And then they played a watery grave. I'm like, oh, this could go very poorly. <laughs> so I played out all my trinkets, thankfully, because then they untapped and thought erasured me. Um, so dodged that bullet. But um, oh, yeah. play, huh? Well, I also got pretty lucky. Drew a scrap trawler and then just went off. Uh, for those not familiar, scrap trawler is a uh, three mana artifact. It's a three or artifact creature. It's a three-two. It says whenever uh, Scrappy Boy or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you return to your hand, target artifact in your graveyard with uh, less converted mana cost. Uh huh. So there's there's a, a very infamous uh, deck in I've never seen that. Art. There's a very huh. infamous deck in modern uh, after Clark Clan Ironworks, a card that is near and dear to my heart, and, and also in this in this deck. Um, uh, K R A no sorry K R A I rest my case R K, K yeah Clark um dash. Clark dash Clan C L A N and then uh, yeah, Ironworks is be the second here yeah try to get K R A R K Clark yeah Clark it's a Clan Clan Ironworks Jinx. Say that uh, three times fast. Hey, there we go. <laughs> so, in the modern equivalent has a series of um, infinite loops. 
Um, but it also has its fair share of, I'm probably going to kill you, but they use Mox Opal. Mm. So zero mana artifact adds mana if you have Metalcraft. Um, Black Lotus is a lot better than Mox Opal. Just, 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 just <laughs> wait, sorry, it, hang on. It's kind of ridiculous. Yes. So you sacrifice uh, a zero drop? Yeah. Do you get a zero drop back? No, that oh, would okay. be, no, that would be way too good. Yeah, Instead, yeah, yeah, what I do... You get loop zeros forever. Ah. That, would, that would be absurd. Instead, what I do is I cast Black Lotus about 21 times in the turn by cycling cards like Dark Water Egg. Chromatic uh, Star. Chromatic Star. Dark, Dark Water Egg pays a nice little homage. Yeah, to every time actual. an egg draws you back a card, ah. you end up getting to Black Lotus back to mm -hmm. cast it, so you, mm -hmm. you just start creating a little wheel, and then your mana starts growing and growing and growing, and bleh. So yeah. Um, a spaghetti. I then also had the same opponent... I didn't have anything relevant in board. I just had, again, most of the cards in my deck are not good. A lot of them are well, playing a, eggs. a solid so you one. You they're the fragile. <laughs> that, de no. that deck's really uh, weird because it's a bunch of like stuff you would be embarrassed to. Yeah, draft chaff. You know, yeah, draft just the worst kind of sawdust. And then cards that are the most expensive cards in the game. Yeah. Together at last. Well, I, I, so I had this board of just, like, Alchemist's Vile. Uh, I'm just going to name a couple of these really bad uh, Mam Jammas. Uh, I talked about Zurin Orb. This yep. is a very good Zurin Orb deck. Yep. You talked about yep. Zurin Orb. Yep. Um, and I may have had a uh, Sword of the Meek in play. Oh, sneaky boy. Which uh, doesn't really do anything by itself, but I think you can maybe tell where this is going. So Sword are of the Meek. Huh? Are you playing a single creature that triggers Sword of the Meek? I was playing Mirror Retriever for this event, which is a... So Sword of the Meek is a two-mana artifact that it's an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus two. Oh, that is Glare of Heresy. <laughs> um, it, it, Sorry. And it, it says equip, uh, pay two, but you don't use that. It also says when Sword of the Meek is in your graveyard, if a 1-1 a one, one creature enters the battlefield, you can have Sword of the Meek return from the graveyard and attach it to that creature. So this combos with a whole bunch of different things in this deck, but mostly uh, Thopter Foundry. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, but also what's Thopter Foundry? Thought and Psy, that's a good one. Uh, Thopter Psy Foundry is a <laughs> blue and then hybrid black-white yep. yep. for an artifact that says, pay one colorless, sacrifice an artifact. You make a 1-1 one, one blue Thopter with flying that's an artifact creature, and you gain a life. And then uh, so Sword of the Meek dies, you get a 1-1. One, one, yeah. Sword of the Meek in your graveyard sees the 1-1's one, like, ha-ha, and comes yeah, back, comes attached back, to it. It makes then, that exact noise. So, so weird. Well, pretty good with Tolarian Academy. Yeah. Uh, infinite with Ironworks. Huh. Um, basically, I just had all this trash in play and just Sword of the Meek. My opponent has a, a, a Strip Mine available mm -hmm. and three other blue mana. And we go to my end step, and I have two cards in hand, um, but I haven't been doing anything. And they tank, and they tank, and they tap their mana slightly and go, oh, and then they're like, ah, I'll do it, and they cast Factor Fiction. I let Factor Fiction resolve... Um, separate the five cards that they reveal into two piles. Uh, they pick the one that, the pile that didn't have any creature removal or board wipes in play, which is understandable. Uh, I then proceeded to cast Crop Rotation and make about 40 Thopters. So I won that match. <laughs> huh. But, um, yeah. Eggs was a blast. Uh, the deck's great. The deck's a lot of fun. 
The weekend was a lot of fun. The weekend was that a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to give a shout out, if I can give a shout out. Please shout out. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Joe from New Zealand, who Jared already shouted yeah. out. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to give a shout out to Wesley from California, who is yeah. also here with Joe and was at the GP. We, we, we ended up having dinner with him last night. Oh, I'm oh. familiar. Yeah, you guys, um, Alex we texted you sent photos. me It picture. was so good, Ben. Yeah, was it, it was good? delicious. It was good, Alex? It was, it was so Oh, I don't know. I had belly. oatmeal for dinner. Oh. That was good. Was Classic your blunder. Yeah. All right. So, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Eloquent who is, puts in endless amounts of work on the uh, Discord, the Canadian Highlander Discord. Yeah. Why, do you, why are you doing this? <laughs> why you this is just cruel and unusual. Um, <laughs> now you're showing me Psy. Great. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, this is... All right. Um, but yeah, I want to give a shout out to, I mean, everybody that I, I met during the weekend. Like, the, the enthusiasm for the format was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. We just had people, we had like five long tables of people jamming games while the Constantly, main, the like, just like on, on like the Saturday morning. Well, it's like the main event's going on, you just have like 30 people playing Highlander just casually in yeah. the back. And as soon as, as soon as the event ended, there were like 30 people over in Turbo Town just cramming. Yeah. Turbo Town? Yeah. yeah. You go play side events. Yeah. You show up with eight people. These invitational cards are getting very weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, I want to see if I can really quickly remember all the win cons I had, because it was neat. So I talked about Xeranorb, yep. Titania, I talked about Scape OG Scapeshift. Yeah. Must uh, be in staging your opponent's dark decks. Yep. Yeah. Did I only talk about three so far? Yes. Uh, I killed somebody with um, Seismic Assault. Yep. Just classic, just classic Seismic Assault. It was fantastic. Um, I won a game with Muldrotha. Just Muldrotha beatdown. What? Yeah. Muldrotha. No, 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 Muldrotha. No, 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 what's, what's the six mana uh, cares about lands card that has it? Oh, Multani. Oh, Multani. Pardon me, Muldrotha, Multani, all that, of these. They're completely Mult different. Well, Multani's and Muldrotha's flavor type. Other, other Multani, Yavimaya's avatar. They're yeah. they're both mystics, mythics from the same set that, I mean, help me out here. So Multani, uh, Yavimaya's avatar, six mana, zero, zero, seems um. decent. For four green green, legendary elemental avatar, it has reach and trample. Multani, the avatar, gets plus one plus one for each land you control and each land in your graveyard. Oh! So I want to say that Multani won the game, but Multani plus Skate Shift kind of won the game. <laughs> <laughs> Skate oh! Shift, give my Multani plus a million plus a million. Yeah. <laughs> At last, after uh, 10,000 years, I'm free! Yeah, because Multani, Multani is council lands in play and the graveyard. Skate Shift, sacrifice any number of lands. So you have 10 lands. And all of a sudden, Multani is just like, like you said, arm for now. Wait, so you could you could feasibly scape shift for a bunch of fetches, crack the fetches. They all can play tapped, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're, your brain is going the right. You're seeing the value. We can get an amulet of vigor involved. You're seeing, <clears throat> you're seeing all the landlines now. Uh oh. Oh no. Yes. What was the other yes. one? What was yes, the other one? Beige. Amulet of vigor. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> Banned in modern. High, no, no, it's not. Oh, it's, it's like no. it's an archetype staple in modern. There's what? literally a decorator. Didn't they try to ban this? They banned. They banned ban summer bloom. But you, oh. you can't keep us down. <laughs> the deck is still broken, apparently. Ah, uh, broken's. A, I don't want to call that on the. Oh, God, just, dude, keep, keep down. Don't tell anybody. Ben is currently building the deck in modern. Uh, I, well, I rebuilt it after they banned summer bloom, and I tilted out of it. Sideboard appropriately. Broken is one of those phrases that gets tossed around about. As frequently as strictly better than, and sure. about oh. as accurately. How did I forget this? All right, I remember my last win con. 
It was the final game of the final round. It was the friendship that... I ripped seven, and what do I see in my opening seven? Take a wild guess. Fast bond, strip mine. Fast bond. Not fast bond, strip mine, but fast bond. Fast bond, who cares what the other six cards are? Fast bond? Yeah. And then I had two of my other favorite cards when I see Fastbond in a hand. One is a, a humble little uh, one mana zero three. Oh, Jaddy offshoot. The offshoot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Horn of Greed. It's a cute little plant. Uh, Jaddy offshoot. Green zero three. Plant defender. Landfall. Whenever you enter, whenever land enters the battlefield, you gain a life. So suddenly I'm not taking damage off this. And the other card in my hand was Courser of Crufix. Toot toot. So uh, three mana, two four for one green green. Uh, also has the text whenever a land enters the battlefield, gain a life, but you can also play a land off the top of your card. So I started just playing lands and gaining life, and my life total is just creeping up and up and up. I eventually, eventually got a uh, <coughs> experimental frenzy in play as well. What the heck is that? Uh, it is the first and best card because it has the word coffee in the flavor text. Uh, we were wrong about this. We talked about this in the set review. Four mana enchantment for three and a red. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. You cannot play cards from your hand. Huh. Four mana destroy experimental frenzy. Well, it turns out when you have a bajillion lands and you can play anything off the top of your off the top of your library and you don't ever have to worry about getting stuck on land drops, this is absurd. Neat. So basically there wasn't any particular <laughs> win con that I remember. I just I just had three different effects that let me play cards off the top of my library, I'm gaining life, my, I, I'm just, I'm living the dream and my opponent's just sitting there being like, kill me already, I'm like, I can't yet, but wait. <laughs> Hold. Yeah. You, so you're like a cat playing with a mouse before it's just like, give me death. This card was actually the the inspiration for the the version of the deck I built. Really? I, I like, coffee? I like um, built, built that deck to try to make, I was like, I think this is a playable experimental frenzy deck, cram. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I can't believe I forgot that fast one was my win con. So yeah, let us conclude on our GP Vancouver talk. Anything else you'd like to add? We did some shout-outs. We talked about the wonderful people. We talked about the wonderful event. We talked about our wonderful magic cards. Anything else? Uh, I didn't say it yet, but all my opponents were, were super rad. They're awesome people. Yeah. Great to oh, play against. All, all the matches I played all weekend were, mm -hmm. were super fun. Like, thank you to everybody for yeah. that. I, Good community. I do want to uh, <clears throat> give one little fun. If you enjoy, if, to those of you that attended GP Vancouver and enjoyed it and enjoyed the Canadian Highlander, or maybe you missed being able to attend and wanted to get some more Canadian, you know, wanted to get some Canadian Highlander at a, I guess, Magic Fest. Go on. Now, uh, we are going to have some more official side events at Magic Fest Calgary Ooh. later this year oh. in March 29th. End of March, yeah. End of March, March 29th. Final answer. Not final answer, but probably final answer. <laughs> it's, it's the whatever the last weekend in March is. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. It's right, the weekend yeah. of the 29th. So yeah, shout out to... Canada and you want to rumble? Oh, yeah. Shout out to CFB events for giving us the opportunity to do this too and yeah. for like when i asked about them like oh yeah you guys are on the schedule for calgary don't worry about that we cool. are we were going to do that anyways maybe we'll get more than three rounds this time hopefully well, 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 we'll, we'll see. see we'll see we'll see well then let us move to our closing <clears throat> segment powerful magic <laughs> and up today i have ben and ben hasn't told me the story but he told me this is probably 
one of the top five most powerful magic stories that we'll see on the podcast. So I'm let's just gonna I, I gave myself it the top five All right, so let's let, let's hear this. <laughs> this the story ready. feels like I so like you you put a bunch of writers in a room. They're like, all right, you got to come up with this story involving mad like Highlander that is just like so absurdly like niche <laughs> and just like wild, and you got three hours. Uh, so this wasn't from the Grand Prix. This was from the first uh, Highlander event for our 2019. Uh, well, the first half of the 2019 season. Okay. Uh, I'm playing five color garbage plate combo, which we've talked I'm about. I'm really before. happy you adopted that name. Yeah. It no. It it, it very accurately describes five color buffing combo buffing. So it's it's got a little bit of storm, a little bit of reanimator, tin fins, sneak and sprinkling show, of channel ever cool bomber man. Uh, it slices, it dices. Yeah. So it crumbles. <laughs> it fumbles. <laughs> I'm against a uh, four color. We call it four color Jace control, also known as uh, no face control from the creator. I promised I would shout that out, which is based off of a Spirited Away character no, from no, Nephilim. No, no, I, no. I had to get to get clearance for this story. I had to give the shout. All right, right. Nephilim. Um, so. Um, I'm playing Garbage Plate. Yeah, exactly. I'm playing Garbage Plate, and I have a bit of an iffy hand. It's a little <laughs> reliant on Tainted Pact, and my opponent's <laughs> deck has a lot of counterspells in it, like a very disruption. This is a very difficult match. And so I spend the first turn casting like a hand attack spell. I duress them, and they reveal some cards of note... Um, and some odd ones. So the the ones that are you know relevant to the story are uh, they revealed a Kasali Pride Mage, uh -huh. which is a two mana two two uh, exalted. You pay one, sack it, destroy an artifact or enchantment. Oh, he's back on white, mm -hmm. huh? Yeah. Uh, K or sorry, Q A S A L I. Yeah, it's yay. It's when when you type fun. some when you highlight something in Scryfall. And then you try to type over top of what you've highlighted in the search thing. It just says, no, you don't want to do that. I'll just put it at the end of your thing. <laughs> Every time. Why would you do that? Please fix that. Uh, so Kasali Primage was there. Knight of Autumn was there. Another card that deals with artifacts or enchantments. Okay. Uh, also a pain. <laughs> uh, some blue stuff. And uh, another card, uh, Rift Sweeper. You have to one word. That one. Yeah, so Rift, Rift Sweeper. I'm glad you asked, Alex. Uh, Rift Sweeper is one in a green for a 2-2 Elf Shaman. Rift Sweeper says, when it enters the battlefield, choose target face-up exiled card. Its owner shuffles it into his or her library. This card is in this deck uh, due to Snapcaster, Time Walk. The four-color Jace Control deck has a lot of different Time Walk loops. This might not be the most elegant way. might not be the best card to include for that, but it's a card that's in the deck. I, sleep, I, I ignore this and I take whatever counterspell they have and you know keep these these uh, disenchant creatures uh, in my mind. And so over the next couple of turns, my opponent plays ends up basically just playing out the cards that they've drawn. So I have basically perfect knowledge of okay. what's going on here. Um, I have a way to, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to tainted pact um, for either entomb. Or a way to put Gristlebrand in the graveyard. Um, this is one of the main win cons of this deck. Is you get Gristlebrand or an Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn, a massive legendary creature 
deal a bunch of damage to them, make them lose either their entire board or you draw, you know, 20 plus cards and then storm them out. Now, <laughs> I'm a bit of a gambling man, so, you know, I took a, I took a shot in not getting the most perfect. You know, maybe maybe I'll I'll cast this tainted pact. I know what I'm getting. Maybe I'll I, I might whiff a couple of my win cons. This is I mean that happens, right? Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Here are some of the cards that Tainted Pact exiles. So let's talk about Tainted Pact really oh, quick. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Sorry. So Tainted Pact is a one in a black. It's an instant. Uh, it says you exile the top card of your library from the game and I can repeat that process. Uh, or sorry, I can put that card in my hand that's exiled, or I can repeat the process um, as many times as I'd like, yeah. unless I hit a duplicate. Yeah, so dig down from the top of your library, yeah. and in Singleton, you probably don't have any duplicates. Right. But every card you pass is gone forever. Yes, it's exiled. Yeah. Um, so I cast this Tainted Pact. I think, like, okay, I know what I'm getting. This should be fine. I'll get, you know, I have a couple of options here, but I'm really uh, just zoning in on this Crystal Brand. I exile my Empty the Worms and Tendrils of Agony. Okay. So my two Storm, storm Kills. Okay. Um, the Empty the Worms makes all the goblins. Tendrils, Tendrils kills them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I exiled my Black Lotus. That's I exiled bad. my Lion's Eye Diamond. Uh -huh. I so Bomberman is now yeah, offline. Bomberman's off well, Bomberman also got exiled. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> um, I exiled my World Gorger Dragon. So I don't have that combo kill. I exiled my Emrakul, so I don't have that combo kill. Uh -huh. uh, Emrakul, wor World Gorger, uh, for those, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. It goes infinite with uh, a reanimation <laughs> enchantment, generates infinite mana. The dragon eats the enchantment, enchantment gets rid of the dragon, dragon brings back the enchantment, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So Emrakul's gone. Dragon's gone. Uh, my storm cards are gone. My, yep. my bomber man's gone. My trench... A gorger. <laughs> Trench George is gone. George. George. No, George. Trench George is six blue blue for a six six trample. And when it ETBs, you exile any number of lands from your deck and it gets to be a very big boy. Um, I get down to about, oh God, like 30 cards <laughs> in my deck. So you can't even draw them any on them. And then I hit Gristlebrand. Oh, yeah. I finally get to the Gristlebrand. I'm like, well, I <laughs> I probably should have stopped earlier, but you know what? I was committed. In I, I felt like if I let my opponent untap, I'm losing this game. We're so here I, now. I, I, yeah, exactly. So I get to this Gristlebrand finally, but only 30 cards left. And the hmm. way that I'm... And I'm like trying to go through my head like, what is still in my deck? There's not much. So I, I reanimate Gristlebrand, but I have to reanimate Gristlebrand with Shallow Grave. Which is one into black and instant. You put the top creature card from your graveyard into play. It gains haste, but you have to exile it uh, at the end of turn. I've already used Cabal Therapy mm -hmm. at this point, which is a free sack outlet on my end. Mm -hmm. um, and I've exiled Sacrifice. In this tainted pack stack. So you're looking for ways to put <clears throat> Grizzlebrand into the graveyard Correct. so it doesn't get exiled. So it doesn't get exiled because yeah. I'm pretty certain that Grizzlebrand is my only win con now, or one of the few. Yeah. And I will have to bring this big boy back. Yep. Uh, sacrifices to, to give reference. And the other card, 
that's in my deck is Burnt Offering, which is the exact same thing as Sacrifice, lets you do different mana. But effectively, these cards cost one mana, one black, and they're instants. They say, as an additional cost, sacrifice this creature, and you add uh, black mana for Sacrifice, or a combination of black and red for Burnt Offering, equal to that Sacrifice creature's mana cost. Yeah. So it's a way to let me get more Storm, get more mana, and ensure that Gristlebrand is an exile. What so, set is that from? I am. Oh, that's a treasure chest. You make the cube. Um, oh, so cool. I get this Gristle Brandon play. I'm like, okay, I have, you know, uh, 14 draws. Maybe I had 21. It was all a blur. It's some big number, and all I have to do is just hit this sacrifice, and I get to reanimate Gristle Brandon again. Burnt offering. Uh, or hit this burnt offering, <laughs> reanimate Gristle Brandon, and I'm good. I don't hit this card. Oh! So Gristle Brandon is getting exiled. Um, How close to death is your opponent? Oh, uh, he's at uh, 12, I think. All right. That's pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> so, but I, I did draw, you know, 20-ish cards, so I should be fine. So I, 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 I have this, like, this light bulb goes off in my head as I'm panicking, because I'm like, I don't have a way to kill him. I'm just, I'm just going to lose. Like, do I attack with this, like, transmute creature? Like, what do <laughs> I do here? The old Demir Infiltrator and beat then, down. Again, the light bulb comes up. And oh, I go, okay, no. I'll exile Gristlebrand, I'll discard down to hand size and pass the turn. And my opponent draws, they they play a Baleful Strix, they draw a card, and they have mana for a counterspell up, but I know what I'm doing. I had my fingers crossed that they didn't cast a very specific card in their hand. That card is Rift Sweeper. No. So I untap, I draw, <clears throat> I add a whole bunch of mana to my mana pool through a variety of rituals, I check to see if the coast is clear with a hand attack spell. It is. And then I play a Thoughtseize. And I grab the Rift Sweeper. And I put the Rift Sweeper, the opponent puts their Rift Sweeper in the graveyard. They've got no counter, they got no nothing. I reanimate the Rift Sweeper under my control, use the Rift Sweeper's ability to shuffle my Emrakul back into my deck after it was exiled with Tainted Pact. And then proceeded to Yawgmoth's Will, my Shallow Grave, to bring back... Or, I, I like, to, or no, what did I do? I tutored for Through the Breach off of, like, a Yawgmoth's Will, replaying all these rituals. And then I threw an Emrakul at my opponent, killing him. So... But would have been impossible without, <laughs> without my, their if opponent's Rift If my, if rift my opponent didn't have a Rift Sweeper... I had zero other win cons. <laughs> Everything exiled. Like, no, like, no joke. <laughs> the remaining cards in my deck cannot kill my opponent unless, oh, they had a sword supply of shares too, so my infiltrator line wouldn't work either. So, like, I had nothing. But thankfully, mm. they had Rift Sweep. Do you think he cut that card after that game? He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I felt really good. Holy moly. My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Canadian Highlander is great for me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, well, friends, that is our episode for the day. Wow, what a story. Well, thank you very much for watching. A reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash Run. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. See you later. <laughs>